unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. The law for us, for him, each human being is special, is unique. And the relationship we have with the Lord and all the heavenly hosts and our heavenly father and our heavenly parents is completely individual. There is no such thing as standards of the church. No such thing. There are some norms. There are suggestions. There is doctrine. But it's on us how we apply it in our lives. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Saints Unscripted. Uh, I'm your host, Taylor, and I'm here with a very special guest all the way from Poland, who's joining us via Zoom video call. Uh, His name is Jan. First of all, he he runs a uh, a YouTube, an LDS YouTube channel over in Poland, where he talks about the church and and church issues and things like that. Um, But like, First of all, I just want to talk about you. I want to get to know you, Jan. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, uh, kind of about your experience in the church, how you came to the, to the religion, um, and just give us a little bit of your background. Well, my name is Jan. Um, at this point, uh, when the video is being recorded, I'm 30, 38 years old. Uh, I was born in Poland. And um, I became a member of the church a while ago. I got interested in the so-called Mormonism when I was a teenager. And actually, uh, my passion for the religion started on my second year of theological studies. I studied theology. I'm a theologian. Um, That was one of my majors. The other one was uh, Slavic languages, Slavic cultures, and uh, history of Slavic uh, countries. Um, uh, First of all, well, I got the Book of Mormon many, many years ago. I was in high school, and this is when I read it for the very first time. And really, I, in a way, I... I had always been passionate about religions in general. I wasn't raised in a very religious community or environment. In the country I live in, people are mostly Christian. They are Catholic, Roman Catholic. Um, But Roman Catholicism is a part of our culture. So in a way, it's being accepted as present. It it prevails as the official uh, standard of the culture of habits, customs, and pretty much the religion. So is it it uncommon then for someone like you to be born in a non-religious community? Well, uh, it's hard to say what it means for Poland to be in a non-religious community because we all get Christians when we are born. We have our Christianing, uh, baptism, uh, people go to church uh, every Sunday, most of the people here, and they don't really know what the religion is about. My passion for religion started when I was a kid, actually. Uh, I was like, I don't really remember. Maybe I was seven, maybe I was eight, uh, eight years old. 
I started reading uh, the Bible. I got interested in different cultures. I knew back then that one, when I grow up, I will become a traveler. I want to travel all around the world. Yes, I want to learn about different cultures, different beliefs. Yes. And um, in a way, that was the beginning. The truth is that the moment I learned about the church was from a book on different religions uh, that was uh, published by a uh, Roman Catholic bishop. I was 13 years old, and this is when, for the first time in my life, I learned the term, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And um, I just thought that, you know, the picture of LDS communities oversimplified them. And um, when I was, as I said, when I was in high school, I got the Book of Mormon, I read it, and it was one of many scriptures I read, basically, later on, I was also, I'm still very much passionate about Judaism, Islam, for example, got many friends here in Poland who are Muslims. Um, uh, my biggest passion when it comes to Christianity has always been and still is Orthodox Christianity, with which I think that our religions, that is Mormonism, has a lot in common, really. And the thing is that, uh, as I said, when I was on uh, my second year of theological studies, I met uh, missionaries. Mormon missionaries back in Lublin, the town they come from, and where I was doing my theological studies. Did they find you, or did you seek them? No, I came up to them. I just saw the badges, so Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, okay. I already saw some, like, you know, presentation of the church on the internet, and, okay, these are the guys. They are Mormons. Okay, I want to know something about you guys. Okay. And it was, I, I remember it was the 10th of October to... 2003, and they just invited me into the chapel in, in Lublin. Um, I had a talk with them. It was more or less two hours. We started with a prayer. We finished it with a prayer. And my impression was that these boys uh, really didn't really know what other religions are about. I just also had a feeling that, in a way, back then, I knew kind of more about their own religion. It's not that I'm bragging about it. I was just, that was my hobby, right? That was something right. I was interested in. But the, the longer we were speaking, the more touched I felt. Hmm. And I still have my diary, and I've got this sentence there that I wanted to cry. I was leaving the chapel in Lublin and I really wanted to cry. Wow. It took many years for me to make up my mind that I want to be a member of the church. I was thinking about it many times, but my journey to become officially the member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints took 15 years. Wow. I started by learning all the bits and pieces of information of criticism of Mormonism. It's an interesting way uh, to start. <laughs> yes, and actually, and I found many loopholes there. there. There was something wrong about it. No, no. I mean, people who were dealing and with Mormonism, who were criticizing it, all the skeptics, 
their knowledge of religion was limited. Their knowledge of the scriptures with the context uh, of, uh, of writing the scriptures hmm. was not only limited, it was wrong. Of the critics or of the Latter-day Saints? No, of the critics. No. Okay. I so. wasn't lured into this religion. I wasn't, in a way, I didn't feel compelled to become a member of the church. It wasn't that I was touched by the example of, of the people, of the members of the church. That too, in a way, of course. Well, nothing works better than somebody's real honest testimony of their faith. Of course. Yeah. But it was, that was just one element of the puzzle. Another one was something that's very close to my heart, and this is called personal revelation. When I was doing my theological studies, I had a strong feeling that there is more to the sources of faith than just the Bible. And this is what I underlined very often uh, in my uh, videos on my uh, YouTube channel. There's Mormonologue. It's not even the Bible. It's not even the Book of Mormon. There are more. These are the conversations we have with our family members, with our friends. Traveling is a source of inspiration. The Holy Spirit is, is a magnificent, powerful being. Mm. And it works and influences us through many channels. Yeah. I have a strong testimony of the Book of Mormon being the... Uh, the keystone of, of the gospel, of the eternal gospel. Still, wow. that just, again, an element of the puzzle. Yeah. Wow. No, I, I absolutely love that. Um, if you don't mind me asking, what was it, what was the, uh, the final thing that helped you make that decision to be baptized? Because 15 years is a long time. Most missionaries... tired. Missionaries give up on people after like 15 weeks, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's so, it's such I, a long there time. There were many missionaries that gave up on me actually during these 15 <laughs> years, you know, but the Which final so four, uh, yeah. these really struggling with me, I was struggling with them, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so what was it after that, after those 15 years? Why did you finally make the decision to be baptized? Actually, my decision was just a few months before the very baptism, the very day of my baptism. I just thought to myself, no, I, I can't go on like that anymore. I just cannot. It's been too long. And the moment was, and this is actually, uh, this is how I find the Holy Spirit acting through many channels. I was in my room going through YouTube and I was listening to my favorite singer and that is Sia. I just love that woman, really. Uh, no, I should be grateful to her. This is the channel that the Holy Spirit actually acted, acted through. Her song Done flames. crazier things. I know her song flames, okay? Yeah. Just don't stop moving. Just don't stop moving. I was just like saying to myself, just don't stop moving. Okay, I just grabbed my, my, my mobile phone. I, I wrote the, 
the um, the text to the mission president, which was something like, "Send me the missionaries, please." Okay, I I'm tired. I'm tired and I'm ready. Uh, he was in the in his office. There were the two missionaries. I love these guys, and we're still in touch, by the way. And he was like, uh, you know something? Mm, I think you might be having a meeting today. <laughs> so, and, and just it took me, uh, it took me a few weeks. Actually, I thought, I thought of maybe postponing my baptism to the following year. And this is when I met Patricia, one of the church members in, uh, in Poland. And she was like maybe three or two weeks after uh, my first meeting with this missionary couple. And they, um, she said, why would you wait one more year? Why? What for? Uh, um, she was right. I mean, like, what for? Yeah. The beautiful thing about my baptism was that uh, not only were there members of uh, of the uh, Warsaw branch, I was baptized in Warsaw, in the capital of Poland, but also all most of my family members, my parents, my siblings, my best friends. One of them actually came up to me after the ceremony of the baptism. There was actually the, the, there was a horde of guests actually on during my baptism. So many that actually be I did not uh, uh, actually uh, organize a kind of a reunion afterwards it more looked like a wedding reception i'd say <laughs> so because all these guys that i invited they knew about my struggle with mormonism my uh um, religious thing basically being very much into spirituality all my life and one of them came up to me and just just congratulate me on my decision and he said you know I knew it, okay? We all knew it. One day you would become a Mormon. It just let's, I, I didn't want to tell you that, but <laughs> we just knew it. We, we, we've known that for years, okay? So. That's awesome. So how long ago was that now? Um, it's been almost three years now. Three years. As, I, as I'm saying, it's not, I would say it's like becoming officially the, the church member. Okay. officially because the testimony dates back to years ago so spiritually speaking you've been a member much longer but yeah. your name has been on the records for three years yeah. wow uh, so was there any opposition like was anybody like any of your family or friends worried that you were being baptized because no. roman catholicism is kind of the standard nobody was uh, worried you know um uh in um, I would put it this way. Uh, Mircea Eliade, uh, one of the uh, founders of religion studies in the world, a uh, very good Romanian theologian. Uh, at times he is being uh, criticized as very controversial. Uh, he said once that when a religion starts occupying a territory that for itself is subjectively too big, it deteriorates. Hmm. And this is what happens pretty much all around the world. At some point, Roman Catholicism 
became standard for the Polish culture. It occupied a huge territory, subjectively speaking, for yeah. the Polish nation, yes. It works pretty much for any religion. We might say the same about the Greek Catholicism in Ukraine or Orthodox Christianity in Russia or Mormonism in Utah. The, more, the bigger the territory, the more ignorant people become. And as we read in Doctrine and Covenants, there is no salvation in ignorance. Right. Coming back to your question, with all respect to my family, to my, the environment I was raised in, there was no opposition. Hmm. No. Why would there be any? If you belong to a church, this one or that one, or even the Church of Jesus Christ, the restored church, because you feel that you should be in the church, because, because like everybody's there, your, your entire neighborhood is a member of the church, are members of the church, everybody, right? Yeah. It's not a testimony. Mm. It's never a testimony. It's a culture. And yeah. this is when the religion becomes really a cult. It just becomes empty. It, it's just what you do because everyone else is doing it. Yeah. Hmm. And I met these guys, I mean, in my church, other church, Christian churches, and in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But I, I, I wasn't following them, but I was making up my mind. Awesome. I was following the Lord, and I was following the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And that's and how it always point. should be. I love that. I guess. Um, so you started this, you feel so strongly about the gospel that you've started your own YouTube channel sharing mm. the gospel, in, specifically in Polish. Mm. Um, so no, I'm also doing some stuff in Ukrainian and Belarusian. Okay. I'm also thinking of uh, putting up some videos in English and in Russian, as I'm also fluent in Russian. Is it geared towards members of the church in, in your area, or is it geared towards educating non-members? I would say, I mean, I like the, the word you, you, you used, educating, yes? Because on one hand, it's addressed to the members of the church, on the other hand, to non-members. And even though yeah. I, I, I got this criticism and those, those comments that when I'm actually promoting Mormonism, yes, among Polish people, I'm not doing that. I'm informing. This is when it comes to my, uh, to my uh, Polish addressees from outside the church. When it comes to the church, I like to reflect on the doctrine, but in my own style. You know, there is, there is a song, Personal Jesus, yes, and this is how I see testimony, a true testimony. Find your own Jesus in the Jesus that, in Christ, who is the same forever for everybody, but every person can see the Lord on their own. The Lord for us, for him, each human being is special, is unique. And the relationship we have with the Lord and all the heavenly hosts and our heavenly father and our heavenly parents is completely individual. Yeah. There is no such thing as standards of the church. No such thing. There are some norms. There are suggestions. 
there is doctrine, but it's on us how we apply it in our lives. Hmm. Interesting. The moment we standardize the behavior of people in a particular religion, and the moment that this religion becomes a something we would call a standard, it stops being a religion. Interesting. In the Apostle James, we read what religions really is. It's about being with other people. It's about making difference. It's not really about rights or a philosophy of life or, or, I don't know, even the word of wisdom. It's not about that. First, of what the first thing that is very much of importance in a religion, in a spirituality, is that you are honest with God, if, is that you are sincere. The fact that you put your whole, entire heart in it, that you want to make a difference for the religious community and for the world around you. The Apostle James is, was one of the most favorite scriptures for Prophet Joseph Smith, as we know from his story. Yeah. This fragment of Apostle James um, giving his own definition of what religion really is, is it's a, it's a lifestyle. Religion is a life, faith is a lifestyle. It's not theology even. It's not philosophy of life. It's not what we do, I mean, in terms of, or, or we don't do because of our religious convictions. No, 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 it's not that. It's how religion is what you apply, how you apply your testimony in everyday life. Do you help those people? Are you with those who suffer? Do you cry with those who cry? And here I'm quoting the Book of Mormon, the fragment that stands out for me always. If I may also, in, the, in Alma 38, there is a powerful verse that says that if you bridle your emotions and your feelings, you, you will, love will stay, will prevail, will appear in your heart. And this is very important. Yeah. Take the control of your spirituality. This is religion. Hmm. Wow. I love that. So now my, my next question then is, how do you go about applying Mormonism in your life there in Poland? I mean, you make the YouTube videos and you educate, and that's, that's really awesome. Um, but like you were saying, mm. it's, it's about people, you know? Um, and so I can't imagine that the church is very large over there in Poland. More or less 2,000 of us. Wow. In the whole country? Mm-hmm. Wow. So what do you do to be an example of the church when there's so few of you? What do you do? How do you apply your... I'm not a good example to follow. I want to inform people, and I want people to be closer to the Lord. And that's it. So what do you what do? You do? Um, I'm stuck in my room right now. We're that's still during the pandemic. That's, oh, that's you fair. Know, I'm trying to, uh, as far as it's possible, um, to do something at least, right? I'm thinking of some ideas right now for also uh, going back to working with handicapped people. 
Um, mm. Also, of uh, I'm, I'm thinking of such situations. Actually, I'm trying to be very much devoted to my job. I work with people as a pedagogue. I'm a teacher, and um, and this is very important to me. Uh, I feel responsible for the people I work with and for the job I'm, I'm doing for them. Because, you know, the truth is that no matter what we do in our life, it's still our calling. It's not that uh, the callings we have in church is exactly what we should be doing spiritually. And this is the idea for our spirituality. That also is kind of a um shallow i'd say you know if if you do something for the church because you have this particular calling okay but it, are you in it really with all your thoughts with all your heart calling in the church a calling in the church is okay it's a wonderful thing to have one but where where are you in this in this thing right you can do some some things also in terms of your calling, but also outside of it. Think of your family, your neighborhood. Think of, I don't know, go run a YouTube channel, whatever, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that what is very important to me is, um, is informing people. Is basically, I by my blog and by the idea of my YouTube channel, I want to fight with lies. Mm. Yes. Yeah. With hatred. People are very into hatred because, you know, hating other people is easy. By the way, it's kind of attractive. You kind in a way you boost your ego by hating other people. Mm. And but you know, being with other people, understand, trying to understand them, how they feel, what they want. I miss those good old days. I'm talking about my life when I was more engaged in uh, the communities, the charity that was dedicated to handicapped people. And I miss those days. I hope that I do find time in the coming months or years to devote to that work as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, President Russell and Nelson called these people um, the stellar spirits. <laughs> I have a strong testimony that those children, the people that were born handicapped in a way, they are powerful spiritual beings. In fact, there's these angels dwelling here among us. They're yeah. powerful. If we were to see their spiritual spirit bodies and their nature as spirit beings, we will be shocked how powerful and beautiful they are. That's how I see them. That's cool. Well, that's it's good that people like you are wanting to be part of that, you know, that service mm. community. We need you know, at times when I'm listening to myself, I just feel like a priest, you know, like a regular priest. Not, I'm not even talking about Melchizedek priesthood, but, you know. But it's um, good. Like, it's all true. Like, the gospel is really, honestly, when it comes down to it, Christ just wanted us to be kind. He wanted us to lift and to love and to serve mm. people. And I, I think too often we, we miss the, the forest for the trees by like what you were talking about, especially here in Utah, we kind of get caught up in the culture of the, mm. the standard. We get caught up in the things that aren't like boiled, you know, when you boil it all down, mm. there's really just, there's a heart there at the center of the gospel and the heart is love. And I think 
if God wanted us to do anything, it would first response, the first thing that he would always have us do is to love another person. And also, it's very important uh, what love means. Honestly, I hate the word love. It means completely nothing nowadays in pretty much any European language, mm -hmm. save for ancient Greek. I mean, Greek did not have a word for love back in the ancient times. It has seven separate words that stood for expression of doing good to other people. The word love is so general that actually at the end of the day it means completely nothing. Yeah, when I say love, I, I mean it in like a... What like do you mean by that? That's the problem. What do you mean by loving another person? Every person, member of the church, should answer this question on their own. What does it mean that I love my wife, I love my brother, I love my husband, I love my friend, I love my dog, I love my neighbor, I love everybody, I love the Lord. What does it mean for you? It should be a, an action word. You know, there's a, there's a song over here in America... Um, it's it's called something that we do it's all about how it's a love song like the mm -hmm. he's a country singer he sang a song about you know he wrote this song about his his wife or something mm -hmm. and uh it's all about you know loving each other and how it's love isn't you know just something that you fall into it's it's an action it's something that you that you do every day much that faith faith is not what you think what you believe in the the uh, the 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 world you have no 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 it's what you're doing right uh, at times there's more to Christianity and people who are agnostic or atheist than to Christians so actually um, usually well life is full of paradoxes but you know the thing is that when when you were saying that I just thought of also one of the posts actually I I wrote dedicated to love where I criticized the word love as 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 I was doing it a moment ago. Uh, when I'm, I'm using the word love in my posts, for example, also when talking about spirituality, but whenever I use it, you, you just have to keep in mind that I'm not being serious. Uh, because um, uh, there, is a, there is a tab in my, uh, on my blog where I have, when I'm sharing this Mormonism of mine, my personal, um, my, my personal uh, testimony. And at the very beginning, I, I underlined the fact that I'm not using the word love unless I'm just quoting somebody or maybe singing a song about, by some pop, pop, pop star. Yeah. Um, uh, for example, I, th I, I just think that the, the word that very well expresses what is meant by love, for example, in the Bible, all the Book of Mormon is care. And that's what love is in the first place. But there are some other words. There was a beautiful word for love in ancient Greek, uh, um, which um, from which we have the word uh, eros, because the word was eros, right? Mm -hmm. Now, actually, the word is really shallow. Actually, back in the days of Plato, Eros was the kind of love you felt for something or somebody you thought is extremely beautiful. It's loving somebody's beauty. In the Orthodox Church, and here, uh, Mormonism is kind of close to Orthodox Christianity. Um, there is a theological concept that one of the reasons why 
the Son of God came down to earth is that he loved its beauty. Uh, at the very beginning of the book of Genesis, uh, God says, the Lord says that what he created was beautiful, was good. The moment he came down to earth, he underlined, he made his own testimony. This is what I really think about this planet, about this world, and about this, these people. They are beautiful. This is why I'm here. I want to be a part of it. And this is what makes him a savior. And you can see, actually, well, not, no wonder that Orthodox Christianity and Greek Catholicism uh, also um, has a name for the Lord Jesus Christ, the lover of man, the lover of humanity. Because wow. this is what he is. At times we have those bad feelings that we, we are not enough, that we are just evil, we're bad, but okay. Just like President Brigham Young once said, if there is a thought that keeps coming back to you and telling you that, that you are no good, tell this thought to go back to hell because this is where it came from. Okay, actually, the Lord does not see us that way. For whatever we are, our bright side and our dark side, and this is very important, those weaknesses of ours, those feelings about ourselves, those feelings that we, because of culture, of the local morality, we see as evil and bad, they're all beautiful for God, for, for the one who created us, for our heavenly parent. In the book of Ether, we read that those who convert their hearts to the Lord, the Lord will show their weaknesses. We need our weaknesses. They are tools for knowing what life is all about. The moment that the Lord went to Gethsemane, he showed, really, that he's not afraid of being a human and this is how we can see the contrast between him and Lucifer. Lucifer wanted glory. Lucifer wanted, this is what the name Lucifer means. Lucifer is the one who gives light, enlightens everybody. Lucifer had a very nice idea for, uh, for the fate of human beings. They will be happy. Everybody will be happy, satisfied. Yay, life will be so easy and so irresponsible. It's not the fate of the children of God to be responsible. Yeah. The biggest responsibility ever shown was the one shown by, uh, by the Lord Jesus Christ, him going to Gethsemane, to something. The, this moment, I always call, uh, I, I name for me the moment of the Lord going to Gethsemane and to Golgotha later on is the moment where he faces the the um the heart of darkness the heart of reality and he was the only person to go there ever lucifer was afraid of that of that place of this dark matter the lord was not and this is why lucifer fa failed because he was afraid he was not a good candidate for a messiah for a redeemer for a savior. No. There is no salvation in fear. Salvation is in facing your demons, facing the black, the dark matter. And this is what Christ showed us. I think that um, the aim of 
spirituality, especially if you are a member of the Church of the Lord, is to enjoy the beauty of life and the opportunities it gives, but also learning more about it to its extreme. Jeffrey Arhan, the Apostle of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, once said that nobody can fall lower than the light of the Lord shines. And that gives us hope. Yeah. It means that we can go there. We can face our weaknesses. We can face our demons. We can face our dark side and the dark side of other people. And this is how salvation is being done. It's yeah. facing our fears and moving on crossing the border that um, that our fears, our prejudice, our, our judgmentalism form. The world full of happy spiritual people is the most evil world you can imagine. <laughs> It reminds me of, you know, Brave New World or 1984 by... It's a, uh, it's, a, it's a stupid world of irresponsible, smiling dum dummies. I don't, I don't know how to call it, really, really. <laughs> I love the use of the yeah, word dum dum. Know, being there. a human is being a person. Being a human is being a person, right? Mm -hmm. We all, all of us, all human beings, we are equipped with godly talents of showing care, finding solutions, finding our callings, our place in this world. And the most important tool of all is responsibility. Amen. And they, uh, what comes from that, this idea of responsible living is the daily conversion of the heart something I struggle with every day and daily repentance. This is why I'm not the best person to be asked how I show me being a faithful uh, follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. No, I, I, I'm, I'm the worst example to follow. Actually, to be honest, if you think oh. of my life, <laughs> no, you know no, what, no never, never, don't do it. Don't ask me those questions. Ah, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. No, I would like people to, I would like people to come to Jesus. I would like people to come closer to our Heavenly Father. And I would like my viewers, my readers, and people I meet to be open to one of the most powerful beings ever and godly beings in this universe, and that is the Holy Spirit. It's a nice, nice, the, he is a very cool member, a really cool member of, of the Godhead. He's pretty cool. Holy, yeah. Spirit, Holy Spirit is this God that, you can, that is always beside you. <laughs> you know, you might, at some point, I sometimes get the feeling that you might, you might doubt um, the, uh, the power of, of Jesus, and you might doubt him, his presence. You might doubt whether God is really a God or whether he exists. There is, however, one member of the Godhead that may always be close to you.
yeah. that you all, can always hold by his hand and this is the holy spirit yeah wow he's a cool companion he's like you know he's the god and the redeemer for every single hour of the life you can always ask him and he will always answer yeah he is he is the coolest well geez Jan, if there's anyone who can bring people to jesus i would say it's it's you I, whatever it is you're doing i I haven't seen anything, any of your material, and I probably wouldn't understand it because it's in a different language. But if it's anything like you talk in English, I've, you're doing your job very, very well. Because this is, oh. <laughs> this is a, a more profound conversation than I was prepared to have today. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was beautiful. You're obviously very, very well informed, very knowledgeable about you know, just about truth, about the gospel, about world religions. Um, the way you spout scriptures off the top of your head is insane to me. <laughs> so I'd, I'd, I'd advise anyone who's, uh, who's willing to, to take a gander at, at Jan's YouTube channels, uh, if, you're, if you're daring enough, if you can uh, understand the languages, uh, you got to get a channel out there in English because I'd love to just listen to you talk forever and ever so but unfortunately well, then, then oh, sure. the day will come the day will come when i will be officially the first mormon heretic but with a good mission so <laughs> that's awesome well we do have to wrap up but like i said i mean i could listen to you for hours so get that english youtube channel up and i'll i'll subscribe and uh for all of our viewers out there, thank you for tuning in. Uh, please go check him out. What is your YouTube channel called? Mormonolog. Mormonolog. Like, yeah. We will we will put a, a link to it in the description. How's that? Because I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know how to how I don't know how to make the English rendition of the pronunciation of that blog. It will be I don't Mormonolog. Maybe that's better. I don't know. There you go. There you go. We'll put links in the description and people can go check it out. Um, thank you so much, Jan, for joining us today. Thank you for your testimony. Thank you for your knowledge. There are vast quantities of knowledge. Um, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks for watching. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for having me. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.